Hi, I'm Liz Ware. And I'm Raelle Bell, and you're listening to That's Brilliant, a podcast by the American Lighting Association. So stay with us here. I know you've clicked, and I know you're already dubious because the topic is closet lighting, and we had second thoughts, but it's a good episode, and you're going to want to stay with us, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, full disclosure, I called Liz before we did this episode, and I said, are we sure this is what we want to do? But the good news is we got to talking and we realized it's a great topic. You're going to love it. And here's part of why. You might want a whole new light design in your kitchen, or you might want your dining room to have that $5,000 chandelier you saw at a showroom that looks terrific, but might not be in a place to do that right now. There is a way you can make your home significantly better with a really simple lighting project that you will use and see and get benefit from every single day. Exactly. You go in your closet every day. And can you imagine going in there and feeling like, this is great. I can see everything. Better lighting also when you can see things in your closet, you're automatically going to feel like things are organized. You're going to keep things cleaner lots of benefits. Yep. So our guest today is Jeffrey Dross, who has, he's, he's new. He's only been in the lighting business for 45 years. So, you know, take his wisdom (laughs) with a grain of salt. Um, (laughs) He has engineered products, managed the development of different lighting types, and he has educated the industry about lighting and its use. And that's what he does a lot of. And he does a lot of it with ALA and with lots of other organizations. And he's great at explaining things in a simple and entertaining way. So we're very glad that he was able to come and talk to us about this. Yes. If there's anyone that can make this topic interesting and then also make sure that all the important points are covered, Mm -hmm. it's Jeff. So Mm -hmm. we're excited to jump in and, and start our interview with Jeff. But before we do that, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting for supporting this podcast. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us today. I'm actually pretty excited about this topic. (laughs) Yeah, before we started uh, our interview, Liz and I were talking and and we were wondering, is closet lighting really the best podcast topic? But then as we started discussing it, we were like, yeah, this is actually really interesting and very important. So why are we talking about closets? Well, I think for all the reasons that you two got excited about it. We need uh, good lighting in our closet for a number of reasons. We certainly want to look good when we leave the house. And if we accidentally grab the wrong color shirt and the wrong color skirt or pair of pants, uh, we're not going to look so good, are we? Um, (laughs) And on top of all that, there are a ton of regulations that have been associated with closet lighting as well. And of course, we have to make certain that we follow all those regulations as lighting professionals. So... Yeah, there are a lot of things going on in the closet, and we uh, we really do need to spend some time thinking about it and trying to make good decisions when we consider closet lighting. So before we get into all the the kind of fun design considerations, what are some of the do's and don'ts, some of the regulations of what must happen and what must not happen in a closet? And why are there so many regulations about a closet? (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you think about it, uh, in the National Electric Code, there is a pretty sizable uh, amount of text dealing with closets. And if you think about it, there's the main reason is because of fire. We used Mm -hmm. to have incandescent lamping. And if you have an older house, it is pretty likely that you've got a bare light bulb 
uh, screwed into a keyless, which is on the ceiling, and there's a string or a chain or something hanging down from that uh, from that product. And of course, uh, we all try to stuff as much stuff as we can on the shelf above the closet, scarfs or, or uh, hats or old books or whatever. And unfortunately, because of that, because of the proximity to flammable materials and a very hot light source, there were a ton of fires in closets. Mm. And in order to avoid that problem, the uh, National Electric Code started highly regulating the application of lighting in closets. And as they added more and more regulations, they realized that this one wasn't quite, didn't go quite far enough. Uh, this didn't go quite far enough. This one didn't go quite far enough. Mm. So they kept adding additional things, adding additional things. So over a period of you know 10 or 20 years, they have continued to add more and more regulations. And then guess what happened? LED came along. It doesn't have anywhere <laughs> near the amount of heat. And now that we've got all this wonderfully regulated closet light, you probably don't need it any longer because nobody's <laughs> putting a bare light bulb in a closet any longer. So I, I think they've regulated themselves to a point where it's not necessary, but the industry has taken a turn that has kind of solved the problem in the <clears> meantime. Nonetheless, uh, we still do have to be, uh, pay attention to what those regulations are and you know, what's best. For that, right. that space. So what are some of the obvious things? Um, I've often thought that what I really want is lights all up and down the front where the door is, not just overhead, but all that. Can you put your light anywhere you want in your closet? <laughs> so you can't really put it anywhere you want. There is kind of this no lighting zone that has been created. And honestly, if you look at the National Electric Code, it is very confusing. It's this little space that basically is the uh, area right above the shelf. So 12 inches mm. or the thickness of the, or the depth of the shelf all the way up to the ceiling. That's basically a no light area. And then 24 inches from the side is not allowed. That's basically the width of most clothes that are hanging in a, in a closet. And then on the shelf itself, 12 inches from each side. So there is this zone or this area where no lighting is allowed. And then there, of course, are regulations for the actual type of lighting fixture that you're allowed to use, even if you're outside of this zone. So what are those types of lighting? So there are three basic types that are allowable in a, uh, in a closet. There's a surface-mounted or recessed, completely enclosed, incandescent or LED unit, a surface-mounted or recessed fluorescent, and then surface-mounted fluorescent or LED listed as suitable for closet applications. So there's a specific listing that is good for those LED or fluorescent units. So those are the those are the three that are allowable for closets. And then, you know, with that, there are some very specific items that are no longer available, simply are not allowed. And as we talked about before, the keyless with the little with the little pole chain mm -hmm. and an exposed light bulb, that is specifically indicated as no longer allowable. Now, there are probably millions of those in older homes all across America, frankly, mm -hmm. in every closet in my house. Uh, my house was built in about 1930. So, uh, you know, they are all over the place, but those are no longer allowed. And open recessed cans. So it, you can have a recessed can that's open. Those are not allowed either, regardless mm. of what type of lamp you put inside. 
And then decorative products that have an exposed lamp. So if, mm. if it's a, a skirt-shaped shade in, in a closet, that would not be allowable. It has to be a fully enclosed diffuser. So either a you know, six-inch ball that is uh, on a fitter, that would be an acceptable type of product as well. Interesting. So, I've seen closets with open exposed luminaires on a chandelier before, but I'm wondering yeah. if those were like done behind the scenes or well, those are, yeah, those are the closet rooms are different than closets. Okay. So, you know, if we're, if we're talking about like a, you know, in a full size room, almost if you took all the closet accessories out and put a bed in it, a that dressing would, room yeah, as it were with, like the, with this, with the Island in the middle and all <laughs> the beautiful, you know, that is a completely different situation. They have uh, a specific square footage for closets. It's relatively small. So okay. we're, we're talking about, you know, kind of what we might conventionally consider as a closet. So don't confuse those two. They're treated a little bit differently. Rails Not frame relevant of reference. in my world. But. I was going to say, Rails frame of <laughs> reference really cracks me up. <laughs> but my dressing room has chandeliers. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> She's just... Uh, uh, um, well, forget about that. <laughs> Don't say it. I won't say <laughs> you, that. You thought the better of it. <laughs> but so one thing that I've thought a lot about is I hear a lot about tape light. You see tape light a lot in all sorts of applications now. And it seems like something that could play a really important role in closet lighting. How does that fit into the picture? Yeah, so it does fit in and it does work really well as long as it's outside of all of those restricted areas. And it's pretty easy to do that. It can be a very easy thing to add. And of course, we don't have the heat that mm. essentially started all of the regulations that have been put into position. So that's a great solution. You know, if you think about that single light bulb on the ceiling that we had used for years, it really is a very horrible light. Uh, it got light into the space, but it really wasn't very good. As soon as that light hit the shelf at the top, it started creating shadows on everything below it. So it's pretty likely that most of your clothes fell into shadow regardless. And now with LED tape, you can place that in a position. I think, you know, as, as one of you mentioned earlier, you could place it around the door frame. It could be aimed at clothes that are in the space, it can be under each of the shelves if you happen to have shelves in a closet. All of those are really good applications that would definitely pour a lot more light onto the things that you've got hanging or have got shelved in a closet. So great applications for it. I wanted to back up a minute because I'm confused about where the light is allowed. It's allowed 12 inches from the ceiling and below and also... So it's basically, they do not want lighting on the shelf and above the shelf. So if you imagine you took a wall where the shelf is and drove all the way up to the ceiling, that whole area is not, there's not allowed to have light in that space. Because that that's where space. the flammable things would be set on the right. shelf. I yeah. understand now. Okay. So, you know, imagine you've got a whole stack of flammable paper backed up to the ceiling. That's where the light can't be. Okay. So you don't want that light to touch that. And then there, of course, there are distances from that space where the, the ceiling mounted luminaire can be placed okay. depending, on, depending on the technology. Okay. I misunderstood. Okay. When you first started talking, I thought the tape light around the door frame wasn't allowed and that's kind of what I want. Oh, so <laughs> no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. You're good with the, with the tape around the light. Yeah. It just can't be on top of the shelf. Okay. 
you know, there is probably, obviously that was all written with the idea that we were dealing with incandescent light sources, which right. were substantially warmer. I suspect if, um, if they simply outlawed all incandescent, and it looks like a number of states are now starting to outlaw the use of fluorescence. Uh, there's mm-hmm. not a national ban on fluorescence, but there are, you know, are a handful of states already that are, are starting to get rid of uh, some of the use of fluorescence, or more importantly, the use of high quality fluorescence. So, you know, the really good color rendering based mm-hmm. fluorescence, which is, of course, what you want in a closet. Now that they're getting rid of that, really, they might be able to solve the problem by simply saying all closet lighting must be LED. And Mm. if they did that, you can almost put it anywhere. And just to clarify for any consumers who might be listening to this, this is for new construction and remodeling and that sort of thing. If you've already got it, you're fine, but you might want to consider upgrading. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what I would tell people too... it is likely that you moved into a house. If you have an older house, you've moved into a house, you never change the light bulbs in the closet and you probably never will. My wife and I have lived in our house now with these uh, closet lights. We've been here 19 years <laughs> and we have not changed the light bulbs in 19 years. My guess is that I am not alone. We are not alone in that. Mm-hmm. So we probably don't cl- uh, change those closet light bulbs, but we probably should. So um, if you have an incandescent light on a pull chain in a closet, go ahead and remove all those. Put a, an LED light source in that position, and at least that would reduce the amount of heat that you've created in that closet. So that probably would be kind of a safe suggestion for folks who are living in older homes. Well, I have a, a junk closet. It's got mostly mostly <laughs> we paint. All do. Mostly painting supplies for some reason. Why is there always something that needs to be painted? Um, And I put in a big two foot by two foot flat LED panel in that closet. Okay. And when it first got installed, it was going to cost a lot to install a switch. So he installed a motion sensor for me. So I open the door and this light comes on. And when this first got installed, I would just go open the door to see the light come on because <laughs> I could see everything because, <laughs> because there's so much light in there. And it's amazing the difference. So a big flat panel, instead of this little point of light, you know, dark light right at the top, make it so I can see everything. And I can see that the closet really needs to be cleaned out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, it, that's, I guess that's, that kind of speaks to essentially the totality of this industry. You know, we are all lighting people. And when we put good lighting in whatever space it happens to be, you know, we're talking right now about closets, but when you have a professional suggest good lighting in any place in the home, it looks great. And people then say, wow, this is a really good space. I live in a historic district. And there are 81 homes that were built in this district. And our district is located on the National Register of Historic Places. And we're all kind of geeks about our houses. And when there are parties, 90% of the conversation of the neighborhood parties are having to deal with the houses. And when people come to my house and they walk into the kitchen, they say, wow, your, your kitchen looks so big and it looks so great. And the reason is I have a really well-lit kitchen. I used it as an experiment. I wanted to make sure that it was done well. But the point is that if you do good lighting and do lighting well, 
it makes the room look different. My kitchen is no different than the other 80 houses in the neighborhood, but everyone thinks it's bigger. Everyone thinks it looks different. It looks better. And I've done nothing different in my kitchen other than, other than lighting. So if you apply that to a closet that we're talking about now, all of a sudden you can see the clothes in your closet. You can see that this dress matches this blouse or this skirt matches this blouse or this scarf is going to look great with this coat. And you walk out of the house and you'll look better simply because you've got good lighting. Um, and, you know, it applies everywhere in the house. We'll get back to our conversation in just a minute. But first, a message from our sponsors. This year, Hinkley is celebrating a century of style. That's 100 years in business. Hinkley is proud to be a fourth generation family company with the mission of providing customers with exceptional lighting and ceiling fan products. They understand the passion their customers feel for their homes and are dedicated to helping them realize their vision. Learn more about the company, including some incredible charity work they do at Hinkley.com. Kitchler Lighting is more than just a lighting company. They're a bring people together company focused on strengthening and growing relationships. They're constantly innovating, creating on-trend designs, and delivering high-quality product. Learn more and find inspiration and ideas at kitchler.com. We're talking about color rendering and being able to see the true color of your clothes. That's obviously extremely important for many reasons and can sure. improve your life greatly. But <laughs> is there a color temperature of light that you want to stick to in sure. a closet? Yeah, I kind of break this down into one or two. We can talk about the rail uh, closet, which is the huge closet with lots of, uh, lots of space. And then <laughs> all of the rest of us yeomen here who have the tiny little closets with one light. So we'll go with the yeoman first, you know, with those of us who have just one light switch. I would then say to tell people to use a 3000 Kelvin color temperature in, mm -hmm. uh, in closets. And the reason for that is because I feel that 3000 is the closest to a white light that we can get. But in addition to the 3000 Kelvin color temperature, we have to make sure that we're using a CRI that is a really high quality CRI. I like mid eighties and above. If you happen to be listening to us from California, all of your lighting has to be a 90 CRI minimum. So if you're in another part of the country, you can probably seek out California compliant lamps or luminaires, which are going to be 90. So a 3000 Kelvin is going to be, I think, a really good baseline color. Now, let's go back to those larger closets. If you have a larger closet, one of the things that I have done in some design work that I've done and that I've suggested to a number of designers that I work with is to use two switches. So if you happen to have an office that has 3,500 or 4,000 Kelvin color temperature and you're still going to that office, oh. uh, you might want to have a single, one of the light switches will turn on either a fluorescent unit or it can be LED, but typically most offices are still illuminated with uh, fluorescence at this point and have that first switch illuminate the room with that 3,500 or 4,000 Kelvin color temperature so that your clothes are going to match under that color area. And then the second switch can light something that is a little bit warmer. So somewhere around 2,700, which is going to be a little bit more, um, a little bit more similar to some of those warm settings that uh, you might find in restaurants or probably in your own home. 
Mm -hmm. And the colors of the clothes that are in the closet are going to be a little bit more connected to those warmer settings. So one light switch, use a 3000 Kelvin. If you have the opportunity of two, consider that uh, color temperature in an office that you might still be going to, and then a warmer one for uh, a little bit more social activities. If I'll you're definitely in add a that rail to my closet. dressing room. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, know, you know, we always, of course, have to understand what rail means. And <laughs> sure that that's the bar. And that's the bar that we all <laughs> Oh, goodness. If, if people could see my closet, they would know how funny <laughs> this is. <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, this is terrific information. And I am so glad we did an episode on closet lighting. This turned out great. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything we didn't cover that you'd like to leave us with? I think right now, I would just tell people, use LED in a closet. Um, mm -hmm. I, th I think it really is the solution. But you must make sure that you're paying attention to the CRI, the color rendering index. Uh, because that is, the CRI is, is how well uh, color is interpreted by the light. Mm -hmm. uh, so we kind of all aim in a direction of color temperature. So whether or not it's 3,000 or 2,700 or 5,000. Mm -hmm. But we oftentimes forget to tell people uh, to, uh, to pay attention to CRI. And that is the whole reason why CRI is measured. Uh, it's the way in which color is rendered by that light. So we can have a great color temperature, but if we have a poor color rendering index, we're simply not going to be able to see the, the nuances of each of those colors. So don't forget CRI. Pay attention to color temperature, but don't forget CRI as well. That makes me think of a, a showroom that I visited that had little closet setups um, with Four, I think it was four different lights over it to show that under something that doesn't render color properly, the navy blue and the black were indistinguishable versus, right. you know, a high CRI. And it was, you could see the difference. And that's a, that's a big problem. I mean, if you have the same pair of shoes in two different colors, if this has ever happened to you, and then you look down and you're wearing, well, you know, it's happened to me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but people might just think you're making a statement with you. <laughs> <laughs> your shoes certainly do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside industry joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting too is incandescent light actually does a horrible job differentiating between navy blue, black, and dark brown. And, and when people say, oh, I don't want to get rid of my incandescent, they're forgetting that there are shortcomings in incandescent lamping. And, and one of them is exactly that point around. It's very difficult to find the differences between dark brown, uh, black, and uh, navy blue with incandescent. Substantially easier with fluorescence and LED. So mm -hmm. um, uh, there are benefits on top of just the energy efficiency. Saving and time in the morning. You don't have to sit there trying to figure out what. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We still need the Garanimal system though, so that we can color code. Our I should totally get that. Walk out the <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate your coming and telling us all of this. This is great. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I didn't know there were so many regulations in closet lighting, and it's interesting that they've all kind of stuck around when most of us are lighting with LED now. Yeah, regulations not written for LEDs, but regulations still exist. 
Not that it really matters. As long as I can get that tape light around the door frame, I'm good. Yeah, you're not going to be on any <laughs> crusades <laughs> to change the regulations because you got what you wanted. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what course, do I care? My dressing room, it, it doesn't require these. <laughs> because it's not really a closet. It's a room. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I want to take a brief minute and talk about Color Rendering Index, CRI. We all know about color temperature, or at least you do if you've been listening to this podcast. It ranges typically from like 2,500 Kelvin to 35 or 4,000 Kelvin. And that's on one end, the 2,700, 2,500 Kelvin is a warm kind of amber light. And at 4,000 Kelvin, it's a kind of blue, bright kind of light. And then 3,000 um, that Jeff talked about is kind of in the middle. It's kind of neutral. It's kind of white. But as we all know from kindergarten, light is made out of all of the colors of the rainbow. When you see a rainbow, it's because it's taken light and broken it onto all of its component parts. And when you blend those all together, you see white light. A light bulb may or may not produce all the colors of the rainbow to make the white light. It might produce a whole bunch of yellow and some blue and mix it together so you won't see the reds and the greens because there isn't red and green in that light. Mm -hmm. So that's what CRI is. CRI is a light bulb that has a fuller spectrum. So it's got all the colors in the light that it puts out. So when that reflects off of something, a teal or a fuchsia, it's got the light in there to reflect off so that you can really see the color accurately. And this is not a scientific discussion. We should probably, okay, we'll put it in the show notes, an actual scientific thing, but that's the basic idea. So that's what color rendering yes. index or CRI refers to. And I've been talking to, for instance, Terry McGowan, our right. director of engineering, and he said that this is something that's going to become more and more important in lighting conversations. It's something that people are thinking about more and more, and not just in closets, but everywhere. So it's critical for our showrooms to you know, be well-versed and able to talk about this. And it's something that consumers should be aware of and thinking about too. And if you really want to nerd out, CRI is one way of measuring color rendering, and there are more versions of that measurement on the horizon. So if you see something that's not CRI that purports to be talking about the color rendering, that's probably just one of the newer or other ways of measuring color rendering. CRI, no, let's cut that. I don't know if that's true. I was about to just make something up. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's the more popular one, the more widespread one, but it's just the one that I knew about. So I don't know if it's the most widespread version. Yeah, I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, speaking of Jeff, if you liked this discussion, coming up in January during Lightovation, Jeff will be in the ALA DMC shared space, the Smart Center presenting to Lightovation attendees on a couple of different topics. And one of them is nine important things every lighting pro should know. Closets will be covered during that, but there's a lot of other things like cleaning and maintenance, bath lighting, lighting for small spaces, sconces. He's going to go over these nine critical things that he thinks we really need to know going into the new year about lighting. So don't miss that. One of them is anadolic lighting. So tune in to find out what anadolic lighting is. I was fascinated. <laughs> You're going to want to know more about that. 
Oh yeah. And if you know what that is already, and you want to send us an email at podcast at alalighting.com, we might have a special little gift for you as our, as one of our winners. So if you already know what anadolic lighting is and you want to school us, send us an email <laughs> podcast at alalighting.com. You can also send us an email just to suggest a topic or, you know, whatever. If you want to register for Jeff's seminars during Lightovation, go to alamembers.com and click to the live training page and you can pre-register for those courses. We hope to see you there. Uh, it'll be a good time. You've heard from Jeff already. He will cover this and eight other topics. Plus a seminar on uh, tape light application, which Liz and I were talking the other day is also becoming more and more important. And I'm excited to see what he says in January about that. Thank you so much for listening. We want to thank our sponsors again, Hinkley and Kitchler Lighting. Stay brilliant. <laughs>